Welcome to the Impact-Led Founders Podcast, brought to you by Design Match. I'm your host, Danielle. We showcase inspiring stories of founders who are making a positive impact on our world. Join us today as we sit down with entrepreneurs who are driven by a mission to create meaningful change in their industries and communities. We explore journeys of impact-led founders and dive deep into strategies, challenges, successes that have shaped their career. So sit back, relax, and happy listening. Welcome to the Impact-Led Founders Podcast. Today, we are thrilled to have Pipa, co-founder and manager of Turn.io on the show. Turn.io was born four years ago out of a need to reduce costs and sustainability of large-scale SMS programs such as MomConnect. Using Turn.io, MomConnect now sends over 400,000 pregnant women's health messages every single week and receives over 10,000 health questions weekly. Turn.io works with over 250 social impact organizations who have built chat services to improve health, employment, education, climate, agriculture, and humanitarian responses, financial inclusion, and civic engagement. Okay, how are you doing today? So well, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Awesome. So maybe we can start by kind of hearing about what Turn.io does and kind of the mission behind it. Yeah, sure. So at Turn, we exist to scale effective support to vulnerable people everywhere. And we do that because we built a chat platform that enables nonprofits and full profits and governments to build chatbots or chat help desks to kind of scale their communications with their end beneficiaries. Incredible. I feel like it's such an interesting solution to some of these problems because I'm thinking about during the height of everything and also even with my healthcare in Canada, chat is used so frequently, but it almost feels like an invisible solution. As a user, it's just like, oh, of course I can contact these people. But when I was looking at Turn, I was thinking of like, wow, there's actually a huge amount of infrastructure behind this. Yeah, you never believe how much sending a message and making sure that message gets there in a couple of milliseconds takes from an engineering team perspective. But yeah, I mean, it's been a fun journey to kind of get more and more into this chat space and to found Turn. It's been a fun now, almost five years um, since we started in 2018. So it's come quickly. And kind of your start came through Reach Digital Health, right? So maybe could you tell me a little bit about that story? Because I think what's really unique about Turn and it really came out of a need. And I'm super excited to hear kind of the story behind that need. Yeah. So myself and Gustav Prekalp and Simon Dahan, the other two co-founders, we were all working together in a nonprofit that Gustav actually founded, which has now reached Digital Health, but they used to be called Prekalp.org. And Simon was the CTO there. Gustav was kind of sales and the CEO, and I was head of strategy and design. And we were working on a program in South Africa called MomConnect. And MomConnect, in collaboration with the Department of Health, and it enables any pregnant woman who goes into a government clinic to sign up for, at the time it was SMS messages, um, to tell them about their pregnancy. So how their baby's growing, when to go back to the clinic, what to eat, what warning signs or symptoms to look out for. And then it carries on messaging them post-birth until the baby's about two years old. So it's kind of like a digital companion for the mother. And what we realized is that it was starting to cost a lot of money. It was all philanthropy funded. And all of those SMSs going out at the time to about 800,000 women um, were really expensive. 
And we realized that actually a lot of people are using chat to chat to their peers. Well, why can't we use chat to send out these help messages as a way to reduce costs? But also then we can send multimedia, you know, we can send videos and audio files and all sorts. So we luckily got a meeting with WhatsApp. I told them the story of Mom Connects and convinced them to let us join one of the early beta programs for what is now the WhatsApp business plate platform. And so we got to introduce WhatsApp as an alternative to SMS into this Mom Connect program. So we gave mothers a choice. Do they want to receive their messages on WhatsApp or SMS? And as soon as mom started shifting over to WhatsApp as their preferred channel, the engagement just skyrocketed. And we were like very excited. We're like, okay, well, mom's engaging more with the messages. They're responding. They're asking more questions. Um, But on the other hand, we were completely freaking out because we'd created a whole new problem for ourselves. The poor, a poor health desk operators of the Department of Health who were answering questions um, from the mothers um, had like 10x their volume overnight. And the software they were using to basically ticket all those incoming messages as cases was not built for this high engagement, multi-message kind of environment because on SMS, you squish everything into one message and WhatsApp or other chat platforms, you like, hi, and then good morning, how are you, in another message. And then it's 10 messages before you're actually asking your health question. Um, as well as like moms used to send in tons of photos of their babies, Mother's Day and Christmas. And although those are great engagement messages, they don't necessarily need to be responded to by a qualified nurse at the Department of Health. So we created this whole new problem. And so we were like, well, we need to fix that. We need to build help desk for the operators on WhatsApp that allows them to better deal with the like huge volume of incoming messages. And then triage, like which ones are just moms saying hello, which ones are actual legitimate health questions. And then which ones are like high risk health questions? Like this is a mom who's got swollen feet and has had swollen feet for the last couple of days. What are the danger signs around hypertensive issues versus like, should I eat this cauliflower? Would it be good for my pregnancy? And so trying to sift through those. So we started to introduce some natural language, understanding models to kind of triage incoming questions. And then we had this like product that we were like, well, we could use this in all our programs within reach, or we could spin this out and turn this into a real product. And license it to other nonprofits who potentially could use it to reach their beneficiaries to build help desk. And so we spun out as turn and that started the journey. Incredible. I love though that solving one problem created a whole like a load of other things. Like we just gotta get them to engage. Oh, they're here. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's a great problem to have. That's yeah. So it was very much born from that problem and then kind of just grew grew quite slowly in the beginning. We started to get a couple of clients. Some were doing employer youth employability work. Others were doing financial literacy. Some also English literacy. Um, so kind of a host of different use cases. And then 2020 came along and, and that's where things really started to ship for us because um, we got to work with the World Health Organization on their first WhatsApp chatbot to get information out. And then started to work for governments and other nonprofits more broadly as well. Incredible. And what made you decide? I know before with Reach Digital Health, 
nonprofit is a nonprofit, but what made you decide to focus? Because this help desk could be useful to many different organizations. And I think it's quite a bold move and, and really speaks about the culture at Turn and of the founders to focus specifically on this nonprofit space or social enterprise space. Yeah. So I think coming from a nonprofit environment, we were all three of us, our main passion is really just to use our skills to, to have a positive impact in the world. And so even though we know these technologies could be used by any company, you know, for customer service or other things, and you see a lot of organizations or companies doing chat commerce or chat customer service these days, you know, we really wanted to focus our input, our technology on impactful use cases. And those can be delivered by nonprofit, but some of the customers we're really excited about at the moment are doing like low cost, they full profit, so they're doing like low cost healthcare or low cost education support. And so we're seeing like a real nice boom of those types of startups that are coming in across the developing world that we're really excited about to support as well. Those sustainable use cases are really important in this space as well. Amazing. When you're in this space where it's user-centric and kind of all about the end user getting to their ultimate goal, whether it's health or financial literacy, it changes also the way that you design the application. Something that I saw in some of the screenshots of the app was the actual customer journey. You know, there was like a goal for that customer or that user to get to. So whether it's these moms getting to a healthy pregnancy and then also getting to that two-year mark where, you know, we know this baby is healthy and happy and out in the world. And I think this is really special. And because of that focus on getting that human to their ultimate goal, I feel like that's impacted the design as well. Yeah, definitely. I think when you come, each nonprofit has an objective, an upper objective, and they want to empower for education. And in order to do that, your goals and your users' goals have to align, right? And so those that feature set actually came from the behavioral scientist in me wanting to make sure that if we put ourselves in the user's shoes and think through the steps that they need to take to get from where they are today to that healthy pregnancy or to that management of their diabetes or to that like nailing their next maths test at school, and what is the, the next best thing that an operator or this chat solution can help them do, right? Whether that's practice or remind them to go to a clinic appointment. And so... Getting to that like low level set of behaviors of like what are people actually going to do in the physical world after they read this message is super important to us and making sure that we make that as easy as possible for our customers to deliver to their end users or for their operators to kind of know like what should I be telling this person next? Yeah, definitely. And I can imagine on the other side of this, this is super rewarding for you and your team. And I was wondering if you had an idea of like one moment where you felt like, oh my gosh, we've built something really special. Yeah. The one that's coming to mind is actually, it's a bit of a sad one, but it stuck with me enormously in terms of the level of personal relationship and support you can give someone through these, through chat and through these encrypted technologies where people are really trusting that the message is only read by me and by you on the other side is, uh, I might get a little bit emotional here. We were chatting in the MomConnect program and a woman had sent in as she lost her baby and she'd sent in a, a picture of the funeral and a thank you note to the nurses about supporting her through that. And like just the fact that she, we managed to create 
a system that delivered useful information to her during that time, but that she had a strong enough connection um, with the operators of the help desk who supported her through that and with the program overall, the Model Connect program, because, you know, she never knew what the nurses' things were that were behind there or what. That was very powerful for me. Very, very sad, but yeah, something that really sticks with you and kind of very motivating to kind of make this better and better and better so we can support more mothers, hopefully prevent it in the future. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I could only imagine, like, although that is definitely a heartbreaking story, to understand impact at that stage and have that be a motivation to keep. I think what's really special about what Turn is doing and in this space of chat and communication is that sometimes we think of technology and scaling being less personal. We get the bot and it asks you, press one or press two or press three, but it's to get you to the right person at the right time as fast as possible. And I remember when I was a kid, we didn't have WhatsApp you know, back then, but there were phone lines, right? And there were kids' help phone for kids who were going through issues. And I remember being in high school and people telling me, hey, yeah, you can call this number if something's going on. And just having a safe space like that. And now with WhatsApp, I think it creates even a more intimate space. And I even get chills when I talk about it because I think these spaces, like, yeah, we look at them from a technological point of view and go, wow, this is great technology. This allows low cost, big infrastructure and allows us to scale. But then when we go down to the micro level, it's just a human life who you're impacting in such a meaningful way. And I think that story really encapsulates that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those types of child helplines are still super popular today. They do an incredible job. But there are super sensitive use cases where kids are too scared to speak on the phone or they're not in an environment where they can get a private moment or can step away where someone can't hear them, right? And so what we're finding with chat is that it just gives much more opportunity to support people with really, really sensitive use cases, even more personal and on their own time kind of way through text or them quickly sending through a voice notes, a lot of people to deal with some sensitive use cases. And so some of the most interesting use cases are around things like mental health, right? People not wanting to talk out loud, potentially scared of going and queuing at a clinic or visiting a mental health service provider. Maybe there's not even one for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers like in the most of the developing world and providing access to those in the safe environment where you know that no one's going to be able to read your message except you and the counselor is extremely important so yeah there's so much power in that space specifically definitely and i'm getting motivated talking about it now <laughs> and I was kind of wondering what your team looks like today as you're growing. I know you're working with about 250 organizations right now. And so you're growing pretty quickly as chat's becoming more popular. So kind of like, what does your team look like? And then how do does that mission come through in the team dynamics? Yeah. So we have 20, 20 people total. And we specifically have hired globally. So we have team members in Colombia, Brazil, Mexico. The UK, Italy, Ukraine, um, the Netherlands, Ethiopia, South Africa, India, and Pakistan. And the reason for that is that we really did want our team to reflect the ultimate end users or have experience and, and lived in the developing world mostly. And so that they had like real world experience because there's nothing that can quite teach you 
the nuances and the ways in which people live and that exposure is important to us. And so particularly all over the world. So we work mostly asynchronously because of the time zone differences, but we make sure that one of our prerequisites for everyone on the team is that they do have to have that passion for impact. No matter how skilled they are, if they don't have that real passion to want to use those skills to change the world, they're generally not a good fit for us. And I think you see that coming through like this week, uh, one of our engineers in Brazil, she posted about her volunteering um, with some young underprivileged kids teaching them to code. And that's not unusual to hear on kind of the, we have a Slack channel called The Feels where people share kind of more personal and emotional things. Might be a cat. It might be volunteering somewhere. But you see that thread, golden thread come through and all the people we work with, which is, is really motivating for everyone else and really something very special. So asynchronous is hard. It's difficult. It's amazing in many ways, remote working, but it definitely does have its challenges. And we're trying to come up with some creative ways to deal with that. And luckily, we got the whole team together at the end of last year in South Africa. So a lot of us met each other for the first time. It was incredibly special to have everyone around. And people are a lot taller than they look on Zoom. Always. (laughs) We've got a bit. I'm not. I'm still short in the real world, but a lot of my colleagues are a lot taller when they're here on Zoom. Definitely. I've had that experience. But going back to kind of the hiring globally, I think this is super interesting. I lived in Indonesia for like the last seven years, not in Indonesia today, but I remember going there and realizing it's a WhatsApp first culture, for example. Had no idea coming from Canada, everyone's using the SMS and maybe iMessage here and there. And then I get there and they're sending contracts on WhatsApp. And I was like, what, what's going on? And I think there's just so much nuance and cultural context that you can pick up from whether living in different parts of the world, traveling to other parts of the world, that when we're building global solutions is extremely important. And I think it shows a lot of foresight and a lot of kind of probably that behavioral science part and service design part of you coming through to make that a conscious decision. And I think it's something that a lot of founders might overlook the impact of having a global team and in creating a more holistic solution. And I just think an incredible decision to make. And I can imagine it adds so much color to the team, like so much like heart and soul. Yeah. So I just want to point that out. Yeah. I mean, we definitely still have our blind spots. Definitely. Yeah, we we will always have. I mean, we're I'd love to hire someone in Arabic-speaking country in the Middle East. Like, we definitely missing team members from that area of the world. But yeah, it's been fantastic to also get exposed to all of these different people and their cultures and really encourage everyone to celebrate each other in that way. We do what we call Calm Fridays, which is, is really about a no communication Fridays that you can kind of close up your week calmly and get yourself ready for the next week but in the afternoon you take the afternoon off and do something else that makes you calm that's not necessarily work related whether that's a lot of our team members are hiking oh wow all over the world it's just really fascinating to see but yeah a lot of fun what's your favorite calm friday activity i have recently joined a painting class and although i can draw i studied I was much more of a like messy charcoal drawer and I'm learning to paint. So I am practicing. 
on Fridays, definitely. But I do, I live also really, lucky, really close to a beautiful forest. So going for walks, hike up the mountain is also high up on my list. Beautiful. It's like that you all have a virtual team hike, you know, at a distance yeah, on Fridays. I love that. I think, wow, first of all, it sounds amazing to be part of your team. And it's, I think, just in terms of how the, I'm sure there's blind spots, as you mentioned, but the mindfulness in creating a positive human experience. And I think this is evident in the product. It's evident in how the team is structured. And I think it's evident in the vulnerability that your team members are showing up with, you know, in that fields channel and expressing things that are personal to them. And I think it creates a very holistic environment, which is what I believe personally that Turn does as well. So really, congratulations and great job. Thanks. It's really nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah. So just a closing question, kind of what other, in the business world, is there any business that you feel like is making a lot of strides and change in the world of impact that we should know about that you feel like is worth mentioning? Yeah, there actually, there are two that come to mind. And the first is Wiser. They're a for-profit mental health service that I, they started in India and have gone global. And they are making great mental health accessible to a lot of different people. Cognitive behavioral therapy in particular had really great evidence that works really well on chat, if not equal to delivering it in person, sometimes even better. And they're making that accessible for free to whoever downloads the app. And I think that's, they're really starting, you know, mental health is such a enormous problem, especially in the developing world where there are so few mental health professionals that providing any access is extremely powerful. And then connecting you to a professional if you would like to. And so I think they're doing really amazing work. It's really lovely to see the, the global companies coming out of the majority world, as we call the developing world. Um, but there's one other nonprofit I want to mention is a good friend of mine, Jonathan Mackay, and his nonprofit called Same Shame Collective. They are providing mental health support to LGBTQ plus youth, where it might be in a hostile environment, particularly, which unfortunately there are many across Africa and across the world. And I think they're doing really, they're spearheading mental health support in that environment, which I think is absolutely fantastic and growing from strength to strength. So just, yeah, doing lots of people doing incredible work. I did speak for hours on all of our clients actually doing amazing stuff. But, but yeah, those are the, that come to mind. Fantastic. I'll put those two also in the show notes because I just think it's really interesting diving into this world and seeing what's available globally and resources and maybe it might inspire some of the people listening. But thank you so much for your time today. If anyone's interested, I'll put also turns URL there and you can see if there's any career opportunities at the moment when you check it out because it's an amazing team. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Asuba, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Impact-Led Founders podcast brought to you by Design Match. To learn more about Design Match, visit designmatch.io. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review and share this with your network. We love hearing from our listeners and each review helps us share the impact that our guests are making in this world. Also, make sure you search Impact Led Founders in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure you click and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I'm your host, Danielle. Thanks so much for listening.